We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What up, what up? Welcome into another post-game live edition of Green with Envy. As always, it's your boy Will Weir checking in. How you doing? How you living? Joining me as he does each and every time, my best friend, co-host, and the coach of our podcast, the one and only Greg Monakis. What's going on, my friend? Celtics up 3-1. Let's go! Feeling good about that, man. The, the Hawks had me worried just for a little bit tonight that they might actually make that 2-2. But, you know, the, the the better team prevailed in the end. Yeah, it's always a good feeling when we get to hop on here when the Celtics are able to lock in that W. Obviously, we didn't come to y'all on Friday night after uh, after game three when the Celtics <laughs> slipped up a bit. And what was it was honestly, man, that was a really interesting game. It's very rare you see the Celtics shoot over 40% and not come out with a victory. Yeah, well, to, let's touch on game three for a second here um, because we did not have a live stream. Although I did, I'm going to say for myself, I did ask Will. I said, Will, do we want to go live after game three? And I think that's the reason why we lost game three is because Will said, no. Nah. Wow. Wow. Will, You're we'll, putting your boy on the this, spot I'm here. Putting this putting on it you. on me. I'm putting this on wow. you. All right. That's All right. I see, I see the juju Celtics. we bring into the, to the pod tonight. All right. Let's. That's why the ahead. Boston Continue. Celtics lost game three is because Will did not want to live stream on his Friday night. Uh, I jest. I jest. But in game three, I just think that, you know, when the Celtics come out and they hit too many threes early, it's almost fool's gold for them because then they start not playing defense. They didn't play a lick of defense the entirety of game three. They took no pride in boxing out. On the glasses, we saw Joe Missoula in his post-game uh, presser for Game 3 saying, just get a fucking rebound. And that's what the Celtics did tonight. They rebounded the ball. That was a lot better. Yeah, the Game 3 was was really weird in the sense that, and we'll, we'll touch on this here a little bit as we get deeper into, into this podcast, but especially when you look around at what else is happening you know, in the Eastern Conference, the Celtics not taking pride on the defensive end was, was really the most glaring thing to me, especially when you score 122 points, you knock down 21 threes, you got to be able to get dub, right? That's that's just kind of, especially when you hang your hat on the defensive side of the ball, is that being part of your identity, part of your reputation? And, you know, I was, I was rewatching that game this morning because part of the reason we didn't uh, live stream afterwards was kind of in and out, been able to watch it uh, in the moment. And, man, DeJounte Murray and Trey Young just got in the lane whenever they wanted in that game. They were getting paint touches very, very consistently themselves. I think between the two of them, they had over 30 points on drives at a high efficiency rate just in that game alone. And so tonight it just felt like a much more professional approach. Do you think that's the right word to put it? It was a more professional approach. It felt like in, in tonight's game from the Celtics. Yeah, they were just more locked in, especially chasing guys over the screen. I thought um, Jalen Brown did a great job covering DeJounte Murray. DeJounte went nuts, and he started off the game tonight going nuts. Uh, but in game three, I was really, really impressed with DeJounte. His three-point shot, which has not always been a strength of his, yeah. looks really smooth in, in the postseason thus far. And just like his, you know, we saw it in the summertime when he got into that little scruff with Paolo Bancaro. We were just like, man, like I didn't really know DeJounte Murray was like seemingly about this life of, of being like a dog and wanted to, wanted to get grimy. 
And it seems like DeJounte is the one guy on the Hawks that's ready to get grimy with the Jays and mix it up with them. Yeah, DeJounte's a hooper. He, You said he had a couple moments in this game where I thought he was going to get super hot again and was going to be a problem, especially early on. Uh, but with that, let's let's do what we do here, and uh, let's go ahead and let's, let's queue up a morning box score here. Morning box score, Boston Celtics take a commanding 3-1 to one series lead, heading back to the TD Garden on Tuesday night to try to close it out. If you're going to the game, get there early, get loud, let's get this series wrapped up. Celtics win tonight, 129 to 121 down in Atlanta. Let's start with the Hawks like we always do. And they had a couple guys play some of their top tier games that we've seen here. Trey Young, 35 points, 11 of 26 from the field, got to the line 11 times. They go along with 15 assists, 35 points, 15 assists game, and the Hawks don't get a dub. Not great. <laughs> DeJounte Murray, 23 points, nine rebounds for him, six assists. Big DeAndre Hunter game tonight, 27 points and seven rebounds. But as we said, not enough to take down the Boston Celtics. Flip it over to the other side. We know what happens when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum go for over 30 points each. What do they do, Greg? They get dubs. They get dubs. That's fucking right. Let's go. 31 points for Jalen Brown tonight. Four rebounds, three assists on his full future game. Fuck it. Mask off tonight for Jalen Brown. Jason Tatum, 31.7 rebounds, four assists. Al Horford, no points, but did have 11 rebounds here. That did jump out to me. Bunch of Celtics in double digits here tonight. We got 18 points for Derek White, 19 points for Marcus Smart to go along with four rebounds and four assists, 14 for Malcolm off the bench, and a really, really impressive 13 points and 15 rebounds for Robert Williams tonight, a.k.a. Lob Williams. Greg, you mentioned it. Celtics rebounded like shit in game three, out-rebounded by 19 against the Hawks in that game. This Tonight, they come out, they actually win the rebounding battle only by one, but that's all you got to do with this team and the way that they play. They win the rebounding battle 53-52 to and also win the points in the paint 56-44. to Celtics up 3-1, to Greg. Where you want to start with it tonight? Uh, let's start with Jalen Brown. Uh, Jalen Brown, you, you mentioned how he took the mask off sometime in the second quarter of the game. And I had been texting with you just how JB looked like he was in his head. I was getting worried about his shot. His shot mechanics looked so out of whack over the last couple of weeks. And looking at his, at his like game logs, the, the numbers aren't that bad when you actually look at the shooting numbers. But just the feel of that shot, it, it just looked almost broken, to be honest with you. And I tweeted out, I was like, you can just feel JB pressing right now. Like, he needs to let the game come to him. Well, he didn't let the game come to him. What he did was he said, fuck it, and he took the mask off. And he, he was just like, I'm just going to go out there and hoop, man. Like, the mask had, like, X amount of buckets in it. Mm-hmm. I have reached the amount of buckets that was in that mask. We need to get rid of that mask and just go back to regular J. Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the I think it was Isaiah Thomas was the first time I heard that, where he was like, you changed your shoes. What happened? They ran out of buckets. Just got just to just switch it up sometimes when you're not feeling it. And it really did, because I know we were texting on the side in our in our group chat, being a little bit concerned about the way Jalen Brown was playing early on in this game. And I think throughout the series, even though, like you said, some of the numbers don't look that bad, you can tell that he's certainly pressing at times and that he, he keeps seemingly flexing that hand. And so I even tweeted out, I don't know if it's a physical thing or if it's just a mental thing, but it seemed to be that maybe when because of the mask being something that took him a minute to get used to and had started to be now it just became maybe a little bit sensory overwhelming mask hand what am i focusing on so just Mm -hmm. remove one of them and in this case it was the mask and and it really felt like it was two different jalen browns that we saw tonight pre-mask and then post-mask in this game tonight and he was really really good 12 of 22 knocked down three of four threes got to the line five times had four rebounds three assists and i think a really big part of this was two turnovers and i'm I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to assume it was probably uh, pre, uh, pre-mask when he had the mask on is when those two turnovers took place. Uh, but it really was a good to see Jalen Brown. I feel like he was getting back on track, even though the numbers suggested he never really left that path. Absolutely. And if you look at his numbers from the first three games here, he had six turnovers in game one, four turnovers in game two, and three turnovers in game three. So that was definitely part of the JB struggles. And I think that, you know, a lot of credit to the Hawks length and DeJounte Murray just being a pretty good on-ball defender. Because coming into the series, um, you know, we've had some conversations about whether or not the Hawks actually have 
um, the recipe to be a good defensive team. I know Adam is just kind of just out on them being a good defensive team. To me, I see the length that they can throw out there. You know, I was throwing out some lineups that might work for them, all like no Trey Young lineups. And when you see like the the length that they can actually put on the floor, and even a Bogdanovich, although he fouled out tonight, yeah. he can get pretty nasty. He's he's a physical defender. Um, he de- he definitely has some limitations, but he's going to fight. You know, so when they have DeJounte at the one, Bogdanovich at the two, then they got Hunter, Okongwu, and Bay. Like, if that lineup got more run together, that, that's a pretty, like, individual, I think, individually, those are some pretty good defenders. So, um, JB was definitely struggling with the Hawks. He actually doesn't have good numbers playing against Atlanta in general. I don't know if it's because that's a hometown thing or whatever Black it is. But, pressure, maybe, something like that. Yeah, he normally doesn't play, like, great against the Hawks. Um, so it was great to see JB get back into the swing of things tonight. And once he took that mask off, things just started to click for him. He hit that three pointer at the top of the key and then he finished it off with a three pointer in the, in the corner to end the game. Yeah, that was great having him with the exclamation mark to, to kind of send the game home. Uh, looking around here, a few other guys that, that I really want to touch on is, you know, it felt like. Tatum and Brown really stepped up kind of towards the end of the game. Tatum got relentless at going downhill towards the end of the game, which was great to see. And Jalen Brown was doing that a lot of the second half as well, too. Like I mentioned, he only took four three-point shots out of his 22 field goal attempts. So the two of them definitely at different points, each were making emphasis to get downhill. Uh, But I think leading up to that, you know, between Derek White, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams, as we were going into the fourth, I was like, man, this feels like the three of them have really kind of leveled the ship for the Celtics in this game. And then you got what you needed from from the Jays to really send this thing home. Of course, they end up with 62 points. But the Derek White, Marcus Smart, and Robert Williams performances in this game, I think, were, were the key causes as to what got to the Celtics of where they needed so the Jays could come in and close the door. Yeah, let's do a, a quick couple minutes on Smart here because yeah. I think Smart's often the forgotten guy with the Celtics this year with all the new pieces that we have. Everybody loves Derek White. We love Derek White. Everybody loves Robert Williams and the promise that he brings to the team. Malcolm Brogdon just went in sixth man of the year. And for Smart, it just wasn't really a great season. Um, so to see him through four games really shine and have his moments where he's looking at Trey Young, he's looking at DeJounte Murray or whoever is in front of him, he's like, get the fuck out of my way i can take every single one of these guys he's had a couple great moments guarding Dejounte, a couple great moments guarding trey he had that one awesome play today where bogdanovich was kind of getting into his face a little bit and smart just called a clear out and dunked on him um you know like those types of plays out of marcus smart especially after the last game where he fell on his tailbone today he sprains his ankle and he plays through it all and you know with with marcus playing at this level it, it speaks volumes to the fact that Joe Missoula over the last two games has said, even with Marcus playing this good, I'm going to, in crunch time, sit Marcus for for stints that I normally wouldn't sit Marcus. I also want to touch on that. Yeah, no, I think that's a big, big thing for us to talk about because that's something you and I have touched on throughout the season as will that be something that Joe is willing to do and, you know, because it, and it's not even necessarily I mean, we're praising Marcus Smart right now. So it wasn't like he was playing bad, but it was the two big lineup. You know, I mentioned Al Horford had zero points tonight. He had 11 rebounds and five assists like Al Horford was still doing. He still did a lot of work in this game without doing the normal stats that you would look at for him to see the three point shots. He took two shots the entire night, but was still making an impact with him and Rob Williams. That two big lineup was back to, you know, having an impact. And so we wondered, you know, would Marcus Smart be okay with that? And I think this gets back to a little bit of, uh, I I think it was Marcus who mentioned that he, Derek White and Brogdon got together before the postseason and said, hey, listen. We got one goal. We know that some nights it's going to be me and Derek. Some nights it's going to be Malcolm. Some, it, it, there's going to be nights where one of us is probably going to have one or both or two of us are going to sit on the bench. And this was one of those nights, and it happened a little bit when they were making a comeback in game three as well. Um, and, and I think that's actually that's a credit to Joe, right? Like we, we've criticized Joe, and, and I think we're pretty fair about when we criticize when we do give him praise. But this is an area where as much as I do have a couple of questions I'd like to ask about the Mike Muscala minute, um, <laughs> literally the Mike Muscala minute, uh, I'd like to ask a question about that. New segment uh, on the pod, the Mike Muscala <laughs> minute. Yeah, 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 what's going on with Mike Muscala? Um, <laughs> but this is this was really a credit to Joe that he felt comfortable to make that move and to Marcus for, for being able to accept that, knowing that he's had an impactful role throughout the game and that right now that was just the move that, that was needed and called upon. 
Yeah, and we've talked about that too big lineup and just how it hasn't had the same impact on the defensive end this year and the offensive numbers just haven't been great. So that too big lineup, like with Marcus on the floor, it's kind of tough to run any sort of like of a good offense. But with, when you take out Marcus Martin, you put Derek White in at the point guard. Now that too big lineup just has one more floor spacer that the defenses have to respect a little bit more. Although Marcus has shot the three well yeah. in this I mean, series. Three of eight for Marcus in this game, four of nine for Derek White. But but Derek White, I mean, they've both been shooting the ball well in the series. Yep, yep. But with that double big lineup, just like having Derek White at the one allows that, that offense to have just a little bit more flow to it. Although Horford, like seemingly isn't going to shoot the ball in this series like <laughs> it's kind of just a decoy right like i like i don't even know i mean they don't even he hasn't really even touched the ball too much on offense to be honest yeah he's just been a screen setter honestly screen setter and he Four i think he had five a little bit yeah five or six assists tonight but i yeah. thought al played a great game it's just with that double big lineup you know marcus being willing to sit on the bench and Joe being willing to go to different lineups down the stretch. I texted you during game three and I was like, Oh my God, he benched Marcus. It was only for a minute, but he took Marcus out at one point and mm-hmm. they went Brogdon white, the Jays. And I think Al or Rob, one of the bigs was on the court as well. He only did that for like one possession or two possessions and realized that he didn't really like how the defense was looking. Um, but I love what I saw out of Marcus. I love what I've seen out of Joe so far in the series. Uh, I, I don't really have any complaints. Yeah, no, I, I think this has actually been a besides being a little bit confused with some of the Mascala Grant Williams. Grant Williams, actually, let's talk about this just for a second while we're on uh, while we're on Missoula. So Grant Williams was the first off the bench in Game Three. He has a really good Game Three tonight. Sees the court for under a minute. Muscala gets that random stint for a minute or so. Is, is this just Joe Missoula tinkering? Any because because it, it started to make sense that okay, we're just not going to really see Grant or Muscala. It's not their series. Sam Hauser, things were looking great in games one and two, but then we get a heavy dose of Grant Williams in game three. Nothing in game four. A little sprinkling of Mike Muscala. Is this just uh, you know? Is this just is this just Joe Missoula doing some crazy experimenting on the fly? You know, I I think Joe's one of those guys that just needs a full season's worth of data to go into his little robot brain. But Will, I'm a little confused right now. Did we just get a tip? Is is this what happened? We right did. Here? Our guy, our guy Jacob's okay. got us here. So Jacob, we're gonna get to that question here. That's part of our second segment that we got coming up here. So we're gonna put that in our back pocket for one minute, and we're gonna come right back to you. I got you, my guy. Yeah. Shout out Jacob for uh, for the question and for the tip. That's dope. Um, so with Joe, I just think that you know. Towards the end of the season, you started to see him leaning more into the heavy uh, Derek White minutes over Marcus Smart. We started talking about how Derek White was often leading the team in minutes in a lot of games, like him and Tatum were the top two minutes getters in most games. And, you know, with Joe, I just think he needed to see it. And like Marcus was entrenched as the team's point guard for the past couple of years. He's the longest tenured Celtic on the roster. Derek White came into the came onto this team halfway through the season last year. And it sometimes it just like takes a minute for for coaches to realize like, oh, you know what, Derek White, like I should probably like listen to the fans or listen to the data and realize that this guy actually is the third best player on this team. You know what I think it is, Greg? I think he just listens to Green with Envy and he's like, you know what? I've 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 heard enough. I think Greg and Will and Adam are on to something. Derek White is my third best player. He should be out there. <laughs> if he listens to Green with Envy, that would be amazing. I do know that when <laughs> when this was formerly the Celtics blog podcast, Adam told us that the, he he would get some some feedback that there were some players and some members of the team that would tune into the pod every once in a while. So it's not it's not unheard of. I don't think that what we say actually has an impact <laughs> on what Joe's doing, but he's doing the right stuff, and that's great to see because Quinn Snyder is a veteran coach. He's made some great adjustments over the years as a head coach. And I think Missoula, for him to make these adjustments that he's making in the first round of the playoffs, when like the stakes aren't very high right now, like I don't know what would have had to gone wrong for the Celtics to lose this series. It's good to see because when we get into the the series against the Sixers, when we get into the series against the Bucks, maybe we'll get there. Um, we're going to need to have all of the different um, parts of the Swiss Army knife that we can pull out at any time, depending on what the situation calls for. And with that, that's a that's a good transition point here. I want to start to look ahead to game four, and then we'll also talk about some of the other scenarios that we got, and we'll get to our guy Jacob's question here. One second. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Greg. So you just said it, right? Like we're starting to now it's 3-1. First things first, let's start with game four coming up on Tuesday. This feels like a must win Celtics take care of business because of everything else that's going on around the Eastern Conference right now. First of all, would you agree with that statement? This is a must win time to take care of business at home. Yeah, I think it is a must win, but I also don't think there's any chance the Celtics lose this game. Like the Celtics money line tonight was minus 275 for the Celtics just to win. And I was ready to bet all 275 to win that $100. Like <laughs> that, that was pre- pretty much guaranteed the Celtics are going to win tonight. If we lost game five at home to the Hawks, I would be absolutely astonished. I just don't see it happening. The Hawks' only chance to win in this series was going to be at home. And if they had won game two, I would even been more sh- uh, game three, I would have been more sure that the Celtics would have would have won this next game so i um I, I got my games all mixed up but i do know that the celtics are going to win this next game yeah it, it feels like it's on the table for them they got to come in here slam the door shut and take care of business because that brings us to our guy here our, our super question that we got in the chat here four games into the playoffs how are we feeling about boston versus any possible opponents moving forward 76ers bucks with the Giannis injury and then I like this little Suns Warriors final. So we'll we'll put a pin on that one right there. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. But let's start with what is right now when you look at the Eastern Conference. The Bucks are up or down, excuse me, two to one to Miami. Giannis mm-hmm. still listed as questionable going into tomorrow night's game. If you're listening to this on YouTube with us right now, if you're listening to it the day that it drops in a podcast form will be tonight. He's listed as questionable. He was questionable for game three, did not play. On the other side, the Sixers are home resting. They've gone and taken care of the Nets, but that MRI on Joel Embiid's knee came back as it didn't look good. They're, they're going kind of the Kevin Garnett 2009 route, I think, where it's a, let's just hope and pray that it's not as bad as what we think it is. And, you know, but it sounds like the sooner we start that series, the better it is for the Celtics. So in that case, taking care of business Tuesday could potentially lead to game one being Saturday or Sunday versus the Hawks drawing the series out. Maybe it pushes pushes to Monday or Tuesday of next week if the Hawks can can make that, which I don't think they can. But once again, it makes it imperative for the Celtics to go ahead and, and finish this out in game five at home on Tuesday night. So, Greg, let's start with the Sixers here. You know, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, this Joel Embiid injury. Once again, we talk about things breaking right for the Celtics. First, we get the Hawks. Now it looks like Joel Embiid's hurt. James Harden kind of came into the postseason already, not 100%. Yeah, they got the sweep, but I don't think they scared anybody in that in that Brooklyn Nets series. Yeah, dude. And honestly, like, I'm not really worried about the Sixers, even if Joel Embiid is fully healthy. So I think what I actually want to talk about here is why it's so important to win game five, because so many guys around the league are getting injured. And we have a few guys on our roster that we know are injury prone, right? All these guys around the league that have a history of getting injured, right? We see Joel Embiid go down. That's one of the biggest critiques of Joel Embiid. Every playoffs, he he seemingly gets another injury. Um, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, every single year, seems to get hurt. He's hurt again. He has another knee injury. We have a couple guys that have these histories of getting 
serious, somewhat serious injuries like Robert Williams, like Malcolm Brogdon, and that misextended time. So we need to finish up this series against the Hawks so that we don't become another one of these teams out there. Seemingly half the league is missing some key guys. Look at the Timberwolves. Not that they were going to do anything, but Jaden McDaniels is out. Nas Reed is out. Two very important parts of their rotation. And the Boston Celtics are looking around the league and like we're probably the healthiest team right now. Yeah, and that, and that, like you said, this is the reason why Game 5 is a must-win. You cannot show up and not be focused for this game. You got to get this done, and I, I think they called it out on the broadcast tonight. You get this done on Tuesday, the NBA is not going to have these two guys, these two teams, sitting around for too long. They're going to put – and we've seen the NBA do this before where maybe there's some Game 7s on Saturday and Sunday. You know what they're going to throw in the mix because they want more TV? Game one, Celtic Sixers. That's going to be Saturday or a Sunday matchup, prime time on ABC. You get those two fan bases. Let's not wait around. Let's not give Joel Embiid, you know, an extra 24, 48, 72 hours to heal up. Let's make sure that he has to get going ASAP. And that leads to a massive advantage for the Celtics. And then when you look at what's happening with the Heat and Bucks, I mean, you, t- you and I touched on this last week. You know, it-, it was never a fear of losing to the Heat, it was the fear of, man, that's going to be a team we really got to work against that they're going to punish us. And and right now, you know, I thought the bug, I mean, it's two, one lock can still happen in that series. If I, without Tyler hero, if I had to bet, I would still think, even though Miami kind of put a beat down on the, on the bucks the other night, mm-hmm. I would still bet money. Even without Giannis, I feel like the bucks can pull this off, but, but there's still that lingering doubt. Right. And so the longer that series goes, the iffier Giannis's back is, this road, this pathway for the Celtics is turning into a yellow brick road that they need to, to just continue that march down, and that starts on Tuesday night. Now I'm just thinking about flying monkeys and little people. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think how easy know, it is to take your mind off the prize. I think with um, with Giannis, you know, appreciate the question, Jacob. I don't think that the the Bucks, as currently constituted without Giannis actually are like a better team than the Heat just because of Jimmy Butler and Bam. You know, I think Jimmy Butler right now is the best player in that series with Giannis being out and then Bam Adebayo. Um, <laughs> if, if Bam Adebayo, um, he, he can, you know, be the best defensive player in any series that he plays in. That two-man game that they run, Max Struess can be can be a problem. If Duncan they dust off Duncan Robinson, you know, I'm a big Gabe Vincent guy. Kyle Lowry is big game experience. So there's still a lot of guys on the Heat roster that can get the job done, even with Tyler Hero being down, even with Oladipo now being down with the knee injury. Oh, yo, poor there's, Oladipo, man. I like, I know... I know he wasn't going to make that big of a difference. Everyone, he, he felt like when I have watched the Heat this year, he'll make a difference for about a three to five minute stretch, and then the rest of the game, not much. But it just sucks because he would do when he when he was finally hitting his All Star peak. He had some moments where it was like, "Damn, this dude's going to be really good," and just injury after injury, and it was it was so sad to see that happen the other night. Yeah, man, it's it stinks. But I think with um with that series. Giannis will definitely be back at some point in that series, yeah. right? It might not be for game four. It might be for game five. They're probably going to wait until it's like an elimination game, honestly, if Giannis is back is that serious because they theoretically they should be able to go in game four and, and steal that in Miami without Giannis. It yeah. might not happen, though. Jimmy Butler is really that dude. We know that from experience. So I think what's what's an even more interesting question is when you look to the Western Conference, right? So let's t- talk about the Western Conference. I know you we're watching the Warriors and Kings game today. Yeah. Were you not? What did you think? Dude, that is the most fun series in the entire playoffs right now. It's 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 no doubt the best series. And there's some good series. The Suns Clippers had a chance to be the best when Kawhi was healthy for those first couple games. And also, whatever this revitalized Russell Westbrook that I'm cheering for all of a sudden after despising watch, not, not him as a person, obviously. This is sports we're talking about. But I've hated watching him play for the last four-ish years. And he was so much fun to watch the other day. But to the Warriors-Kings point, easily the funnest series in this first round. De'Aaron Fox has been amazing. Clay Thompson feeling, is feeling just pretty good about the Aaron Fox on our Green with Envy first team. Yeah, that, that's looking like a good pick. That's 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 aging really well. It does not feel like this is his first time in the postseason. This dude is playing far beyond that. 
He was amazing. Keegan Murray, who was our preseason choice for rookie of the year, had a really nice game today uh, on the Warriors side. They're doing a lot of the normal Warriors things, but seeing the Kings hang in there. You know, I saw our friends over at the Light Years podcast. I saw them put out a question today on Twitter where they asked, you know, the, obviously the Warriors won the championship last year. Are the Kings better than any of the Western Conference teams that the King that the Warriors played last year? on their run to the championship. And I'd have to go back and really think about it, but I just thought it was interesting that we're, we're even having that discussion with a Kings team that, you know, everybody kind of looked over as, Hey, nice season coach of the year. You're going to get the Aaron Fox and Sabonis, their postseason awards. Uh, but thanks for playing warriors in in six or whatever. And we got ourselves a series. Now I do think it's very important. The Kings have to get game five at home. Oh, yeah. Because they're, they're, I don't think as much as I'm, I'm giving them praise right now and saying we're overlooked them. I just, I can't believe that the Warriors are going to lose that game six at home. So the Kings have to get that that game five back in Sacramento. Well, I think the reason why that series is so fun is just the old boxing adage, right? Styles make fights. Yeah. And that's very, very apropos after the Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia fight, which I'm sure you were so tuned into last night, Will. Well, I know it's funny. We were actually so uh, we had some of uh, Lorraine and my girlfriend's family over last night. And that was actually the plan. That's why I texted you earlier today. I was going to invite you over because that, that actually was the plan to to watch it as a pay-per-view but then once some people got over here i found out only like her uncle wanted to watch it so everyone else was trying to avoid mentioning the fight and apparently i was in the bathroom it got brought up and his son was like no 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 we gotta go <laughs> it's like okay i guess we're not watching the fight <laughs> it was it was a really good fight uh you know went seven rounds tank ended up yeah, getting the the, the the liver shot knockout which is I, I I'm not like a I'm a I'm a boxing fan, but I'm not like a huge boxing fan where I know every fight in the history of every fight. But it reminded me of that scene in the fighter with the with the head body head and knock yeah. knock him in the body and put him down. Um and yeah, but anyways, I I, I digress. Did you see? Well, 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 while we're on this, are you a, are you a Chief Key fan? No, no. Okay, here's a few songs I like. Love Sosa is one of my favorite songs, and when I saw the clip of Tank Davis coming out to it, that got me pretty hyped. Just I side note, that was, that was one of the things that I did enjoy about the fight. <laughs> okay, I, did, I didn't see I didn't see the walkouts, but um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, the reason why I, didn't, I couldn't come over, though, bro, we haven't talked about this. Um, I was actually shooting content, shooting a music video. Uh, not sure if it's a full music video or if it's just like Instagram Reels content right now for Black Sheep. So oh, nice. um, yeah, we, we I'll, I'll send you the, the footage off air. But with, um, with that Warriors and King series, Dude, it's just so much fun to see Steph Curry and Klay Thompson hit shot after shot, and for the Kings to be like, eh, whatever. We'll just come. We'll just come back and get a layup in like five, like under five seconds. Sometimes yeah. under three seconds. Wide open three point. Malik Monk just goes like dangle on some people and finish over Draymond at the rim. Like no, no big deal. Keegan Murray off a double pin down three pointer. Sabonis going like shoulder into eight guys' chest. Dude. Like, Spin I, I, le- lefty hook over the right over the right shoulder. He's a bully, man. Sab- <laughs> Sab- like I've watched some of. Sab- I think I've, I've watched the bonus in this type of an intense environment. Man, dude, he is just a straight Brahma bull inside that lane, just bull in a china shop type stuff. Oh yeah, man. He their their styles are so cool. And then Harrison Barnes. I know we touched on this in the in the last one. Although he missed the three tonight. This is the most aggressive I've ever seen Harrison Barnes. It's just really cool to see all these guys playing with an edge. That city is on fire. I can't wait yep. for game five. You know, it's, it's probably going to be pretty tense in there. But I think because it's so new for, for that team and for that city right now, I think it's just going to be electric. And I fully expect the Kings to win that game in game five. So speaking of cities that are on fire, the only crowd that rivals the Kings right now, Madison Square Garden. I know you had a game earlier. Did you have have a chance to catch any of this uh, Knicks-Cavs game from today? I caught the last maybe five and a half minutes of the game where Josh Hart was the best player on the floor from what I saw. Because that's (laughs) so once again, so I was going to say this about Kevon Looney uh, role playing all stars. That's that's Kevon Looney. That's that's exactly what Josh Hart is. And, you know, Derek White might be in that mix. A bunch of guys. We could we could go through there. But Madison Square Garden. Listen, man, Boston. We got to fucking bring it. That place is electric through the TV. It is from the the very first tip all the way through the end. Every chance that there is an opportunity for momentum, those Knicks fans are going nuts. I saw they shut down like 7th Avenue after the game. They're up 3-1 in the goddamn first round. And they shut down an entire street in Manhattan just rioting and, and going nuts. But the Knicks, man, the, the Knicks have been impressed. I haven't caught all of the games leading up to today. Today was the first time I got to watch a full game. I feel like a lot of their games have lined up with the Celtics as far as, as timing-wise. 
and great RJ Barrett game. I don't really know what's going on with Julius Randle, but the rest of that Knicks team is really, really clicking. And you touched on Josh Hart, who one of my one of my favorite role players around the league. He just is kind of just Johnny on the spot. He's he's just in the right place at the right time, getting an offensive rebound, knocking down a shot. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit. We're we're talking about the our side of the bracket, which certainly will include the Sixers and potentially the Bucks, but if the Giannis injury is actually that bad, Nick's now up 3-1 on the Cavs. You know, we've been talking to our buddy Liptak, who's our who's kind of our, our Knicks insider from a fandom perspective. There's a pathway. There's a pathway. If you get mm-hmm. Knicks heat in the second round, it, it could be Knicks in that conference finals and, you know, not the Bucks or Heat. For sure. And you've never been to MSG, right? I've never been. It's very high on my bucket list to go oh, to. Dude, you got to get to MSG. You got to get to, the, the one game I went to was the uh, Paul Pierce buzzer beater against the and then like um, the fake Amari buzzer beater. Yes, I was. I was at yeah. that game, dude. Uh, un, unreal. But they, it's cool. They I one thing I like about MSG, I'm sure they still do it. But in their beers, they have a little hole in the handle and they put a pretzel inside the hole so when you get a okay. beer you get a pretzel in there I, I just like it i thought it was cool well, I, I, pretzel. I like it yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you're gonna pay 35 bucks for a beer you should get a pretzel for it did i don't think they charge extra for the pretzel they might they probably do it's it's a sport i'm just saying beers know. are expensive but if you get a pretzel with it it's a you know it's a nice yeah it, yeah nice. It's, it's like it's like a little present for you you know you get your beer and then you're like oh yeah i got my pretzel here too <laughs> or you're like these pretzels are making me thirsty you know and, and, and based on afterwards. the crowd there were a lot of beer pretzels being drank at that day. <laughs> i think it was i think it was a, a noon start or a 1 p.m start and I'm sure Tracy Morgan and Pete Davidson, all the other celebrities that were in the crowd, there was a lot of beer pretzels going around. Dude, I don't know what it is about the playoffs, but it just makes me want to drink beer. Like, <laughs> I, I, I've, been, I've been out on beer for, like, pretty much since the summertime. Um, and maybe it was because the Celtics made it all the way to the finals and we were just, like, putting back whiskey and putting back beer, like, every single, like, yeah. every other night of the week. But during these playoffs, I'm just like, I just want to throw back a couple brews with the boys, you know? So uh, Dude, we, we definitely got to get together. Uh, maybe, maybe next time the Celtics play in a weekend, we should get together. Yeah, if we, if we get a game, a game one this weekend, uh, your boys got the bachelor pad. So we'll, we'll swing it over to my place. We were at your place last time. We'll swing it over to my place. Just cleaned up the backyard, got the grill ready to go. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get it popping over here for that. But yeah, Cavs, Knicks, Knicks got a chance to close that out this week. That, that was a series that I, you know, from a Cavs perspective, Donovan Mitchell just had a just disaster of a game. I think he either finished with nine or 11 points. Darius Garland went off in the second to start the second half to get the Cavs even back into it. But I think really the the lack of depth for the Cavs has really hurt them. Mm-hmm. And the star turn that you and I were really betting on with Evan Mobley, it's still coming, but it hasn't been. Yeah, not I mean, playoffs. Not this playoffs. I mean, him and Allen have been outplayed by Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Hartenstein in, in the in the play in in the series and. That's probably even more than the depth. That's probably the number one reason why why the Knicks are up three one, looking to go back to the second round for the first time in I gotta think maybe twelve years. God, that's crazy. That that's it's good for dude. I, I'm, for ha- I'm happy for the Knicks. I'm happy for Liptak. Like like l- l- let's let them get into the second round of the playoffs. They're I'm more saying, fun. They're more fun. MSG is more fun than. Oh, Cleveland, I always right? want so. them to be there. I'm just saying it's crazy that they haven't been to the second round in in something like 12 years. Like yeah, that's a mind blowing stat to think about. But a lot of fun happening here. We got Tuesday night. It's going to be Celtics Hawks. Hopefully the Celtics are going to close that out after the game. Greg and I will be back here. For this episode, though, let's take a quick break, and then we'll do what we always do here on a Sunday, and we'll hit y'all with our vibe check. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right. Time to do what we do here. And shout out to our guy, Winfred, because this is how we're feeling too. C's got me feeling good, feeling great. I ain't ever coming yeah. down. My man. Yeah, Winfred. My man, Winfred. Winfred. knows the deal. He's, he's feeling right He knows right the drill, now. Will. He, he, knows he, definitely, the drill. <laughs> he definitely knows the drill. So with that, let's queue up our vibe check here. Feeling good, feeling great. I ain't never coming down. Feeling good, feeling great. I ain't never coming down. All right, Greg. Sunday night here. Celtics up 3-1. to one. As we talked about, 
feeling good, feeling great. We ain't ever coming down. We're only moving on and moving forward. That's what we're looking for here. But what's your vibe check for this weekend? Betting with the boys, baby. I'm back. I had no money in my account uh, since that horrible, horrible beat that I caught when the Miami Dolphins had a, <laughs> this is a full full game over of like 30.5. They scored 30 in the first half and then got shut out in the second half. I had so much money on that game. <laughs> like, eh, good. An irresponsible like, amount of money. An irresponsible amount of money on yeah. that game. So I had $0 in my account. And I was like, I need to take a break from betting. But then Malcolm Brogdon comes through six man of the year. I win like five out of my six uh, futures bets for NBA over under. All of a sudden, I've got $100 back in my account. Now I'm back up to like almost $300 in my account. And I'm like, let's go. Let's <laughs> let's let's make sure I have enough money to bet throughout the rest of the playoffs. If I end up losing it by the end of the playoffs, that's cool. I had already lost this money. I just got it back. This is the definition of playing with house money. Exactly. And I, I came up with some phrase earlier that I said to, that I said to Matt, ride, ride, I think it was, ride the hot hand. And if you can't, if, if it's not hot, find an oven. That, that's <laughs> I just made that up today. That's well, well that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find an oven, man. I got a, I got an oven. Is there an oven detector, like a metal detector that I can find that I, I can't find it. I mean, listen, I, I hit big on the Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon, appreciate you, my guy, our sixth man of the year. My, my wallet was basically drained. And then Malcolm Brogdon replenished it to a level that it hasn't seen before. So I went very heavy on the Malcolm Brogdon, sixth man of the year. It's uh, it's paying off 115 on Malcolm. Let's go, Jacob. That's our guy right there. Uh, went big on Malcolm. That helped. Today, Jason Tatum with a last second heave for his fourth three-point oh, shot. Hit that? hit that. Hit that. Oh, dude, nice, I thought dude. I was out. So here's the thing. So today, I bet it was the line was uh, over three and a half three-pointers for Jason Tatum. I thought about, you know, what's what's Tatum's shot selection been like recently? It's like, you know, he's probably going to take about 10 to 11 three-pointers. I was like, really? He just needs to go four of 11. This is a game the Celtics really need. That feels very doable. He was three mm -hmm. of 10. He missed the 11-3, and I was like, damn. That was exactly what I was counting on. And then we got an end of the end of the shot clock, had to throw it up somewhere halfway between the line and the logo, and splash. Your boy at least took one for the day because he was one for five nothing else hit so needed at least that to feel good so hopefully getting back on that on that winning train on that winning field that's that's the goal for the rest of the postseason here definitely yeah i hit my jb over 25.5 points today um i was expecting horford to have a couple buckets his over for points was eight and a half so i bet the horford over so i missed that but last game dude i was on fire last game i had uh trey young over 24.5 trey young for the first bucket of the game at like plus 800 Sadiq Bay over 1.53 Sadiq Bay over 8.5 points uh the game before that I had Malcolm Brogdon over 18.5 combined points rebounds and assists he basically had it at halftime yeah so I was like yeah let's go let's keep riding this and then I made the mistake the other night of feeling hot so I ended up betting on the Timberwolves money line which was stupid because it was pretty much even money and with even money I should have just put it on the team that's clearly better um <laughs> So yeah, that was the one bet I lost, and then I lost the Horford. Wait, I have a question for you. Yeah. Was that was that bet after you had already won several bets, and you're like, ah, one more baby, yeah. feeling hot. Yeah, yeah, that late night, late night, you're feeling good, feeling feeling a little too good, a little too great. Yeah. But it, I, I I only I only put uh, one unit on it, so it wasn't okay. Bad. Okay, okay, I got you, got you. But yeah, I think we've all been in that position before where we've we've hit a couple and we're up late night and we're like, ah, oh. actually, this is where the Kings came in play a lot early in the season where it was like, you know what, I've already won, I won, I was hitting on that what Celtics and Celtics in the over Celtics money line in the over was crushing the first 25 games of the year and there'd be a couple times we're just watching late night oh yeah De'Aaron Fox over 25 points let's go for it of course wouldn't usually hit because that was the one the one too many bet never do the one too many bet but that's what we that's what that's what gambling that's, that's what happens it's the whole that's what gambling people do this is this isn't equivalent but that reminds me of in 30 rock when uh when Jack Donaghy says to Liz Lemon he's like never follow a hippie to a second location <laughs> Dude, I've been I haven't been rewatching that, but I've been throwing it on sporadically. That show is so freaking funny. I love it. Oh, season guy. one, uh Tracy Morgan's unbelievable. Oh, dude, I just saw the one where um he realizes that he can use pretending to be illiterate to get out of working. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he won't read the cue cards because he can't read. Well, that's a little racist. No, he literally can't read. And then he shows him like reading the paper inside yeah. the inside the elevator. But 
Great show, 30 Rock. If you haven't watched it, go binge it. You should. You're missing out. All right, my vibe check. I wasn't really sure what to do. I had a, I had a gambling one here because I've been a bit a little cold, but you know what? We, we just talked about some gambling. You know what? This, this is going to be for our guy, Adam, because you know at, with some of these games now that are we're doing these live reaction shows right afterwards, it's a little tough for our guy to, to get on because it's the middle of the night right now. He's got to get his beauty rest, you know. but we're going to make sure we got him in the mix here. But he's not forgotten. So tonight, had a cup of tea with the episode. Little, <laughs> little, little cup of tea. Not going to lie. I, I've been trying to find a good nighttime beverage so usually my routine okay is coffee in the morning coffee up until about noon is is roughly 11 11 wait wait noon. like a exclusively coffee i mean i'll have like a cup of water or like some sips of water when i first get up but then how much coffee then are you putting down coffee. a day dude uh it's let me see it's like one to two cups okay but i use the yeti cup yeah. well that's the thing so if i use a regular coffee cup that thing's done and 20 minutes yeah but with a yeti coffee cup it's going to keep it hot so i don't drink it as fast and i can kind of elongate it throughout the morning so typically it's one to two cups if we record usually if, actually if i have an early morning meeting or podcast and it turns into two cups because i i just get nervous with my hands when i'm on camera so i yep. just drink <laughs> i just drink more and then i'm like okay i need one more cup of coffee you would think you'd be used to it doing the pod nope never never get used to it my my hand i it's literally the ricky bobby I don't know what to do with my hands is how I feel every time that there's a camera on no, no matter the situation. So, so usually I go coffee in the morning, then it's pretty much water all day up until about five or six. Then I'll have probably some type of, you know, whether it's a, a Waterloo Rambler, you know, Poland spring seltzer, whatever the you know flavor of choice is, uh, have one or two of those maybe. And then I'm always trying yeah, you got Topo Chico in your hand right now for those that are, that are listening on the podcast. And I've been trying to find, all right, what's that sweet spot? Because like water, I just want something else besides water. Water's mm -hmm. fine, but I want something else. But drinking too much carbonated water late, it just then you start to get a little burpy. Like, I don't know. It's just it's not it's not fun sitting around at 10 p.m. burping. Yeah, like, not sexy either. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You try to parlay this into any type of like nighttime <laughs> activities, it's not the best look. So, you know, I've been trying to find what's that right mix without having to make it booze. You know what I mean? They can't be booze in every night. Like we just talked about, you know, it's good in moderation at the right time so i've been trying to mix in some tea man so i got this calming tea that i found that like kind of like great for like nighttime get you ready for bed it's soothing big fan of it man so shout out to our guy adam taylor here man uh you know he's always he's always talking about that tea game so I, i'm gonna have to to get some insider tips from him on what the best tea, tea tips and tricks are but uh yeah that's that's my vibe check of the week going with tea okay so are you using sleepy time tea uh it's i forget the name of the brand it's it's literally just the the type of it is called calming i forget what the brand name is but mm. there there is like an actual brand yeah i've, I've heard of that tea. before it might be I, I don't remember what the what the brand name is though yeah sleepy time tea is good oh no um, it's, uh, it's on it's on here it's yogi tea is what i'm using. okay yeah yeah yo i think that's a pretty popular brand yeah um so i was never a big tea at night guy but when i was a kid so you, you ever had those like tea cookies that you just like dip little cookies into tea i know what you're talking bread? about i i'm sure i've had them they usually come in that little that uh blue tin that every like old woman always had on the table so that is so those are like every old woman it was a staple if you were yeah if you were, and, and then it would eventually 72. be the sewing the sewing stuff would eventually yeah. be in there yeah if you're above exactly. 72 it's legally mandated that you have this tin on your table <laughs> yeah so those are butter cookies so it's pretty much the same thing uh these are like shortbread tea cookies okay. so there are a couple of tea biscuits that i used to like i used to fuck with social tea cookies and then as i got older my mom just you know how sometimes your mom will like go to the grocery store and come back with like the same thing but a different brand you're just like what the fuck is this <laughs> why did you like, why did you it just shatters your whole world it's like so you could have got ships ahoy but instead you got cookies delight and they're like literally yeah, like, the same thing but yeah <laughs> I, well my, for me it was i was always entomans and my mom would come home sometimes with the chips ahoy i'd be like mom why not just get the fucking entomans box you know what i'm saying <laughs> it's like this is the same thing same thing with my tea cookies but this was the one time where i was like oh mom knows what's up because she got the lorna dunes and then now to this day i prefer lorna dune tea cookies over social tea cookies so that's my tea for the day i like it i like it i like it a lot um had something to say and now it's gone out of my brain because it's getting late and the tea's getting to me 
Wait, can, can I can I clarify something earlier? Because I feel like yeah. Jacob didn't understand why I mentioned the flying monkeys and the little people. <laughs> is, that, is that what's been on your mind? This I've been thinking time? about that this entire time. So Will Will mentioned he, he said the Celtics were on like a yellow brick road, which which made me think of the Wizard of Oz, which then made me think of all of the things involved with the Wizard of Oz. And then it, inevitably, when I think of the Wizard of Oz, it comes down to three things. It comes down to flying monkeys. It comes down to the little munchkin people, and it comes down to tornadoes. And tornadoes have haunted my dreams since I was like three years old because I was sitting around watching Wizard of Oz with my family when I'm the baby of my family. So everybody was older than me. I remember having the Wizard of Oz on at the house and I would have nightmares about tornadoes and about little fucking flying monkeys coming to steal me out of my bed in the middle of the night. And I still have those nightmares to this day. I remember when uh, when Greg and I moved to from Boston to Austin, uh, we were driving through. And I had no idea that you were afraid of tornadoes because it's not really a thing that you ever have to talk <laughs> about in Boston. And we were somewhere we had gotten somewhere down south. This is, you know, we're, we're 22, 23 years old. And, you know, this is before I mean, we had iPhones, but I think we we're still using like the, uh, uh, the you had to like buy a separate GPS basically to, yeah, to yeah. put in your car. And uh, I remember wherever we were, like we could clearly tell rain was coming in. And I think I was driving and I kept looking over to the right and you kept you kept ducking to like look up into the sky as much as you could. I was like, dude, what are, what are you looking for? You're like, I don't know, man. Doesn't look good. Might be a tornado. I was like, <laughs> what makes you qualified to think that like some rain coming in means a Dark tornado clouds. is coming? That's it. And it was and it was basically just, oh, we were somewhere in, I don't know, probably like North Carolina or Alabama or something. You're just like, we're in the South now. It probably means a tornado's coming. <laughs> so that's where I learned about Greg's fear of uh, of tornadoes. So, and it's all because of the Wizard of Oz. All because of the Wizard of Oz. But well, this is a fun episode. Late night gets a little weird here. Gets fun. We appreciate everybody that joined us on YouTube today for joining in in the chat. We appreciate y'all shouting us out. Uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, make sure that you are following us on YouTube as well. Come join us for one of these episodes. We'll be doing these most games uh, right after the Celtics uh, throughout the playoffs. We'll be joining y'all live here, so make sure that y'all are tapping in when you can. But that's going to do it for this episode of Green with Envy. Greg? Any final words and tell the people what we're going to hear. Y'all know the drill. Black Sheep Optimist, Skywalking. Peace, everybody. Peace, y'all. I wish it that they never seen the stars in your eyes. A glimpse of what I'm missing, think it is a mirage. Ooh, you got me tripping and it's hard to describe. But I stick for a minute cause I'm digging the vibe. I like the way you're looking at the look in my eyes. Don't be casual feelings when it's only a vibe. Don't know what the deal is, I'm a typical guy. You know the one thing different is the state of your mind. I'm like, oh my, my, someone throw me a rope. I'm getting too damn high, didn't know I could float. You could call it a vibe, it's probably all that you wrote. But I'll be doing this shit finally if I didn't have hope. Cause you know that that embodied. That's what go with the flow I can sing a different song If I cannot hit the notes You had me taking off When you took off your clothes It should be coming down by now But I won't Let's go